Aaron Whitlow. Brandon Spivey. And we are and the, we the Markout Movie Podcasters. We are. And what are we doing today, Brandon? We're going to hit a little movie news first, then we're going to do a review of what went wrong with The Boy 2. Yes, we will. And there's a lot that went wrong with that. And also, we're going to try to talk a little bit about the Candyman trailer. Uh, and then at the end, we'll talk about what we got coming on this weekend, what we're going to watch, and what's coming up in the weeks ahead. But in the meantime, Brandon, why don't you hit us with a little bit of that? Okay, movie news. All right, first things first. Uh, Joseph Mazzello, a.k.a. Tim, teases his return to Jurassic World 3. What do you think about it? Uh, uh, who was he in, in the other Jurassic Park movie? Jurassic Park, uh, the little boy. Oh, okay. I didn't know the kid's real name. Um, <laughs> I, I always thought he was a little boy. I remember the the daughter, the the little girl more. But yeah, hey, that's cool, man. I'm 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 here for Jurassic Park. I'm here for all the reunions, man. All the nostalgic feels. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I, I think he should return. I think the sister should return. Um, so I'm all for it. Uh, it's I'm curious what kind of role he would have as an adult. You know, but uh, I don't know. But I'm all for everyone coming back. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll see see how it plays out. We'll uh, see how Chris it plays Evans out. To join Little Shop of Horrors remake to play the character that was played by uh, Steve Martin, the uh, dentist. The dentist. He's going to play the the um, the uh, sadistic. Uh, dentist, I I like that. After seeing him in uh, after seeing him in uh, Knives Out, he can play a role like that. He can play a, a more sinister role, and I I'm glad to see that he's stepping away from the wholesome image of Captain America and going yeah. more towards like more darker characters because so he doesn't get typecast. Uh, as one person or one type of character, like Ryan Reynolds. For all due respect, I like Ryan Reynolds, but the guy's typecast. Even, even in um, Amityville Horror, he was Ryan Reynolds in Amityville Horror. That's how I felt. <laughs> well, I, I, I have. I mean, I think he could play darker characters. I, I've never seen this movie, uh, even though I should watch it at some point, but I haven't seen it, so I don't really know what these characters are. are so. I know it's a darker character. I'm all for that, especially as you just said, knives out. He pulled that off. Um, but up next, this is a a big one, I think, for for us anyway, because we grew up watching him as a kid. Macaulay Culkin is joining American Horror Story season ten. Now you watch my, the show. You, what do you think about this? My thoughts. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a horror uh, AHS fan uh, from. From uh from first season on through like eighty four um and so yeah I'm I'm down for it man I love for it to be like a dark take on Home Alone I know it's not but you know it's just like because it's Macaulay Culkin and and um and there's got to be some type of reference to it I don't know but it would be kind of cool to see him playing uh, uh across from like Sarah Paulson and I think it's her name Sarah Paulson and um. And the other dude to play Quicksilver in uh, the X Men movies, um, yeah. I love to see them all together. I love to see 
I would love for Kathy Bates to return. I love Kathy Bates. Uh, the lady, the lady can do no wrong. Um, yeah. So, I'm, but for Macaulay to join, I'm I'm here for it. I love to, I love to see. I loved him as a kid, and like, I'm glad to see him getting back out there and as an adult. Yeah, I, I think it's a great opportunity for him. Uh, sadly, he's not going to be part of the Home Alone reboot movie, but it is a good opportunity for him to join this show. Uh, you know, open some eyes. You never know what doors will open after this. So I think it's good for him. I think for his fan base, it's good. It'd be good to see him again because it's other than the Home Alone uh, commercials they did. Uh, we hadn't really seen much of him outside uh, of social media. Like he's uh, yeah, he's been he's been yeah. he's been on YouTube a lot. A lot of different uh, like Red Dead Red Letter Media. He's been there. He's been with Cinemassacre people. Mainly Red Letter Media is the place I see him the most. He's always it's like seems like every other week, man. Macaulay Culkin is popping up to review, look at little horrible movies and review it. So, uh, up next, now this is a big one. I don't honestly know how I feel about this, but Steven Spielberg is out as director for ending for Indiana Jones Five. What are you thinking? Did he actually direct uh, four? He's directing them all. You know, I think it's okay. I think it's as long as he's executive producer, like he's not gonna allow just somebody to come in and do the movie without him having input. So uh, I think that it's, yeah. it's, I think it's okay that he's out for it, as long as it, like, we can take the series into another direction. And listen, I didn't hate the fact that Shia LaBeouf pops up as Indy's son. Uh, I didn't hate that. I didn't. I didn't really hate the whole refrigerator scene you know <laughs> i know it's bad but uh, you know i just I, I just think that that movie didn't feel like an indiana jones movie like the other movies did and so i don't know it, it'd be kind of cool to get fresh eyes on it i think as long as they i can only see somebody like maybe uh who's who's the uh spielberg we talk about him all the time he's spielberg's like he's like his son almost that guy Oh, there we go. Yeah, I mean, he'll do it justice. Yeah, he's not, he's not in talks to do this. Uh, the director of uh, Logan uh, and Ford versus Ferrari is, is in talks to direct it. James Mangold, I think, or Mang, Mang something like that. Okay. Uh, he, I mean, he just don't fit Indy, in my opinion. <laughs> no, I don't see Indy when I see I see you know this dark serious type films i don't know yeah i mean he made logan really it was for the better you know i, I feel that it's probably the best x-men movie out there mm -hmm. uh yeah but i i i'm a little sad about it because i mean when i think of indiana jones you know i was, of course i think of harrison ford but i also think of george lucas and spielberg together and you know mm -hmm. but i know spielberg could still be there it's just yeah it's hard to imagine someone it. yeah i agree I agree. It's almost like uh, it's almost like uh, like with Logan and with uh, 4v Ferrari. Those like I would say that yeah. 4v Ferrari is that guy's probably lightest, lighter, lighter hearted movie. Yeah. Uh, but 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 it still kind of has some dark darkness to it. Uh, and uh, so yeah, I agree with you in that aspect. That Indiana Jones has always been like a campy, fun film. I felt like you could yeah. take the family and watch it, and and um, although it might have some sc scary or horror elements, but it was just 
at the end of the day, you, you leave the movie feeling really good that you watched it. Yeah. Uh, up next, Sonic passes 200 million globally at the bots office. What are your thoughts on Sonic passing 200 million? Hey, man, we got a hit on our hands. <laughs> Not on our hands, but we got a hit nonetheless. And I'm, I, I think it's good yeah. for whatever they want to do in the future. And it's good for it's, it's, this movie single-handedly uh, this movie single-handedly saved the game adaptation into film genre. This movie did it. Yeah. So this is now going to be the godfather. It's crazy to say that. The godfather of all game <laughs> adapted films. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it broke the curse. I know some would probably say Pokemon. I just, it's hard to say Pokemon Detective Pikachu is a game adaptation, even though it technically is, but I don't know. I just, I go to Sonic. I go to Sonic. For that. I mean, it I, feels better than Sonic. Uh, it feels more at home with it being Sonic versus uh, Pokemon. Because yeah. Pokemon, like, I, I wasn't even aware it was a game. Whereas with Sonic, I think everyone knows that it came from a video game. Yeah. Pokemon, that, that movie, yeah. I had no idea. I just enjoyed it as an entertaining movie. I had no idea it was a game. Yeah, it was a game, but at first it was trading cards, you know, toys. Uh, it's it's kind of like Transformers in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to look at it that way, it started off as other things, then came a game. Uh, but anyway, this one's more for you. Sci-Fi is ordering Day of the Dead TV series. What are you thinking? Uh, I love Romero. Um, so yeah, that's why I wrote it down. Um, <laughs> you know what? I don't like sci-fi. I don't like sci-fi. We'll yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't like sci-fi. Sci-fi, like if you said AMC was doing it, then I'll be all for it. Because uh, I think, well, although it's a little too crowded over at AMC right now, maybe FX or something. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that the uh, I think that it being I don't know, I like it's hard to at this point. I'm over the the zombie genre. I'm kind of past it, and I love I love a lot of Romero's films. Day of the Day is the one I have the most trouble with uh, in those original trilogy because I didn't really care for it that much. I was like Dawn of the Dead more than the rest of them. But day to day was like I was like oh, I always kind of bored watching it. But I don't know. I do like the effects though. Tom Savini does a great. I think it's Tom Savini that does it. Does a great job with the effects. I believe it's Tom. I might be wrong. Yeah, I think he. I don't know. I, I want to say he worked on the last. Two, well, not the last two, but two and three: Dawn of the Dead and Day of the mm-hmm. Dead. I don't know what order they came in, but I know Knight was first. Yeah, you're right. Don and then Dave. Uh, but I think he did work on those. You're right. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't have, you know, I've seen the original trilogy. I'm not the biggest fan, uh, which I know is blasphemy <laughs> to say that. Uh, <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel because it is sci-fi. And We'll see, though. I mean, they're doing Chucky, so we'll see what they go yeah. I'm not – I don't I feel good about it. it. Yeah, I don't feel good about it because it's sci-fi. Sci-fi just yeah. – it's Sharknado. No offense to the Sharknado guy. He follows me on Twitter. 
but it's just more or less that now. Uh, and then, like, you know, it's uh, not really, not really there for it, man. Sci-fi at one point held a card for me, but not so much now. All right, here's one. Here's an interesting one. The Anaconda remake. Do you think it'd be more like Crawl in the Shallows or more, more like the Meg? Oh, I would love for it to be more like Crawl in the Shallows, but uh, it would probably be uh, today where we're going with the film today. It may more more be like more like the Shallow and Crawl versus the Meg. Like if it was filmed, if this was being coming out like early late two thousands or a few years ago. I can see it being that over-action type of thing like the Meg, but I don't think so. What do you think? I think it's going to be like the Meg because they're going for a big budget, um, which I do not think that's – I don't think you should do it. I think you should stick to a low budget, you know, like Shallows and Crawl did. Uh, but, you know. But, yeah, I read that they were going to make it like a 100 to $150 million film. So I mm. – yeah, I just assume it's going to be like the Meg. I think the safe bet to do is to make it the smaller budget so you know that you're going to get your money back and anything you get over that is a profit versus if you do it a major budget film, then, you know, there's a good chance that you're not going to get your money back. Unless you make it PG-13, then you may because you're going to get a lot of the teeny boppers being loud in theaters trying to watch the Brom. Never mind. Uh, but... <laughs> But you'll get that, but you'll probably get your money back then. But if it's R, there's no way with the big budget. I don't think Brandon that you'll make your money back. Your thoughts? Uh, not if it's rated R, which you know that's what the Meg should have been. If it would have went the route that should have went, uh, it wouldn't have made his money back. <laughs> so financially, it's a good decision to do it like the Meg if people go out and see it. If, mm-hmm. You know, but. But most people didn't like the Meg, so, <laughs> you know, they didn't like that it was fun and, you know, just a popcorn film. I like, you know, uh, and, and I, I reluctantly, I begrudgingly liked it when I saw it. I didn't hate it. Uh, it's, I thought I was going to hate it, but I didn't, I wasn't like 100% on board for it either. Yeah. I mean, I hated it when I first saw it because of the book adaptation. You know, and then when I took my kid to see it and my niece to see it, and I saw the look on their faces on, you know, this shark on a big screen and they're smiling and laughing. I, I was like, okay, I get it. You know, I mean, it would have been me as a kid if I would have been, you know, around when Jaws came out. Of course, Jaws was a serious film, but it took me back to how I felt about Jaws when I first saw it. So, it, yeah, I get the, the, why they did it, but I just, eh. Could have been so much better. But I, I like the film overall. I mean, uh, you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I w- wouldn't say anything else, you know, but it was it was a fun film. Okay, here we go. Creed 3 hires King Richard writer to pin the script. The thing is, though, it doesn't look like Rocky's going to be involved. Will the audience show up for a Creed 3 without Stallone? Mm, I wouldn't. Well... Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm a critic, so you're a critic. So we will have to see the film. And plus, we do like the franchise, but it's the whole tie-in thing would be Rocky. 
it's the that's the backdrop that this yeah. is a, supposed to be a Rocky film, but told now with him in the in the place of a trainer, or even now if they do it and don't have them connected together, let's see Rocky now trying to be adjusted into the life of his son and his grandchildren. You know, let's see that life. Uh, but you know, and then like Creed. So I I think that I think that I would prefer it more if you see Stallone in it. I would, I would not like. Yeah, yeah I don't uh, think Michael B. Jordan. Honestly, no offense, but I don't know if he really has what it takes to carry a film by himself. No offense. That's just my thoughts. <laughs> well, I, I disagree, uh, because of Just Mercy. That was his. Oh, film. I haven't seen it so. And I thought he, I, he, I thought he carried it well. Uh, he was phenomenal in it. But that's that type of movie and not in the Rocky verse. Mm. <laughs> I just don't think it's smart to make a, a movie in the Rocky universe without Rocky. And Stallone says he's retiring the character, but then says he's not. Says he wants to do another Rocky movie, but not be part of Creed. I, I don't know why. Yeah. I, I feel his story wrapped up nicely. I don't. I, mean, I think there should be a Creed 3, but I just don't know if the audience will follow. Uh, I'll go see it out of curiosity. What is a Rocky movie without Rocky? Right. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not really Rocky, but, I mean, it's Creed, but, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I would, I'd see it, but I, I wouldn't be expecting too much. Right. Uh, well, uh, we're going to go ahead and break it here real quick, and I will uh... – We'll come back with uh, the Candyman and go from from there. Is that okay? That's cool. All right. Wait a minute. Welcome back to the Mark Out Movie Podcast. I'm here with Brandon Spivey again. And now we're going to do a little bit of our thoughts on the Candyman trailer. Brandon, were you able to watch the trailer? Yeah, I saw it yesterday afternoon. All right. So, oh. Well, well, wait a minute. I don't know. I got, I got something going on right here. That's not what I wanted. All right, hold up. All right, so here we go. I'm at the park, and we're going from there. Candyman. The urban legend is, if you say his name five times while looking in the mirror, he appears in the reflection, and it kills you. How would do that? Candyman, 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 Candyman. Well, we're still alive. <laughs> Let's go. Trina, you broke the door. to this neighborhood. Cabrini Green. It was the projects. I just moved in around the corner. The old candy factory. I'm an artist. You look up a candy man. He's the monster. It's part of this neighborhood. Why are you drawn to this? I'm hoping to spread the story all about Candyman. The mirror invites you to summon him. You should say his name. I dare you. Candyman. Candyman. 
Candyman. Candyman. Don't, don't say that. Candyman. It says in June. I don't know when, but it's in June. It's coming out. Brandon, what are your thoughts for Candyman? Candyman. Uh, five times though. I'm not. I'm not that brave. <laughs> I, I like the trailer. Um, I have some issues with it, and I think that's because of us. <laughs> I get an us vibe. <laughs> With it, uh, I think it's just because Jordan Peele's involved, uh, which wouldn't have been a problem a year ago. But I don't know. I, some people are complaining. I saw yesterday online about that you don't actually see who's playing Candyman. You know, uh, is Tony Todd back? I was like, he's back, and I love that they're not actually showing him. Uh, again, if I'm wrong about this, I'll be highly upset. <laughs> but I, th- I think he's obviously Candyman. I just. They're not showing him, but I think they're. It's a transition film. Yeah, that's such a it's film. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think this main character is gonna be Candyman in the future. What do you think? I agree. I think that it's a transition film. I think that. So when I first seen it, my first uh, thought was, "Oh, uh, when I see, uh, I forget her name, but when I see the one actress, I was like, oh, she's an original." <laughs> Huh? Yeah, Virginia Madsen. No, 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 not Virginia. Virginia not not Virginia. No. Oh, you're not talking about her. No, I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about like uh the um. Oh, let me just go to Candyman real quick. The and I tell you, her name is her name is um uh it's like Williams uh Vanessa Williams. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, she was in the original Candyman. As uh, yeah, as the as a nurse who had who whose baby was taken, uh, by Candyman, I believe that this get this guy is that baby from the first movie, and that's his mother, and so Candyman is calling him back that that he he wants her, he wants him, yeah. to become the next Candyman, and so when I seen her, I immediately was like, okay, I'm in for this movie because I love that I love that it ignores two, three, and I think it's. I think it's like five, four movies total, um, but I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, well, whatever total, I'm glad that they're retconning those out and just making this the direct sequel to the original, the Hall Halloween 2018. You know, I love that. That's my thoughts. Uh, I don't like the fact that they're going to replace 
Tony Todd is Candyman in the future, but I understand he kind of got he's to like, with his age. And he's all like 70 some years old now. He's like an old man now. He's not that old, Aaron. <laughs> hey, Tony Todd got to be about 70. He's got to be about 70. He's, I would say he's 61. Okay. That'd be my guess. We're going to, hey, well, shoot. We got Google right in front of us. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. I will tell you. How Tony Todd is. Tony Todd. Type, man, type, damn it. Uh, <laughs> we apologize for the language, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you know what it is. I type, type in Todd. So, Tony Todd. Age. You probably found it before I did, but age. All right, here we go. Ah, what'd you say? How would you say? I said 61. 65. You're closer. Oh, well, he, he's almost 70. He's almost 70. He's almost 70. But, wow. But still, he's uh, he's a lot older, and, you know, uh, yeah. it's not like, like – I can see him doing more voice work, uh, which I don't want I don't want to see that, too. It looks like in the movie, in the trailer, there's an image of a DH Tony Todd uh, in, the, in one of the reflections. So I wonder if he looks in the reflection, he's seeing Tony Todd, which that could be either cool or look really bad. It, come, it might come off as cheesy, but it could be. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I get why they gotta you know do this. It's just, but this is this could be his swan song too to the character, and he deserves to get that swan song. Uh, I mean, I've. Met him and I, we talked about Candyman, and he truly is very passionate about this character. And I, I'm just happy he's involved because mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it would have been an injustice of uh, Tyler Perry didn't cast him in something to, in this film. You um, said Tyler Perry. Most people would have been Candyman. You said, but, you said hmm. Tyler Perry, didn't you? No, I said. Uh, Sound like you said. I, you said. You said Tyler Perry. Said Tyler Perry. You you are confused you're confused you're a black man, Brandon. Don't get racist on me, Aaron. I think, I think, I mean, you don't want to talk to Jordan Peele Tyler Perry. Although although if anybody seen uh us, they might kind of think that. But anyway, um because I didn't really like us as much as I like get out. But yeah, I do also Jordan Peele, okay. There you go. Jordan Peele. Thank you. Although I do But it doesn't really give up to us though. Yeah, this is what I was gonna say. This is what I was gonna say too. The way that Jordan Peele takes regular songs and and tweak them a little bit to make them more menacing. Like yeah. in uh, us, they did it with five on it. I got five on it and made it kind of uh, you know, like with the violin and stuff like that, just make it very scary yeah. and creep, creepy. They did this with Destiny Child Say My Name. They took a pop song and made it more like a horror anthem, you know, which that can be cool. Yeah. But when you get deep into the lyrics of that song, it's not, that's not, yeah. It's about saying uh, your woman's name in front of people uh, so that they know that y'all together. So anyway. Yeah. But I, I, overall, I felt like for the trailer, <clears throat> I felt like it was a Candyman film. Mm-hmm. So I think they hit it. Uh, you know, I've, I hope it's good. 
I gotta have hope for it because, I mean, I mean, it's a, he's a beloved horror icon. I mean, you, you want to do this film justice, you know, just like they want to do Halloween justice. You gotta have the same respect for this, even though Candyman is not as big as Michael Myers, but, but you know, I, I have a soft spot for Candyman. Though I, I love, I love the character. I love that first movie. And that yeah. that kind of like leads me to this question to you real quick before we wrap up this part and then get into uh, the actual show. Uh, so, do you feel that if this movie is successful and say this guy becomes the next Candyman, do you think and he is a menacing guy? Do you think that he could it could boost Candyman, the Candyman character, from being second tier horror icon to like top tier horror icon? Because we don't. Because we st- we have those legendary characters that are legendary, and the only one that's still actively active right now is Michael. And so, would it kind of help yeah. boost uh, that Candyman character into that upper echelon where we have a new Master of Horror as well? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, if it is successful and people really like it, I think uh, definitely. I think. He probably could take Chucky's spot. You know, Chucky's... We don't know. He's in limbo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you really don't know which Chucky's still going. I mean, they say they're still doing the original series, but, you know, the remake came and it was successful. You're probably going to get a sequel to that. Uh, but I wouldn't even say that Chucky's top tier. Uh, you know, I liked it. I know you hated it, but I wouldn't... It's not the same Chucky, so I mean, so yeah, I think you can take Chucky's spot or Ghostface. Uh, but Ghostface is coming back, so well, I mean, I think you can. Uh, so, but it's going to depend depend on this movie. I mean, yeah. So that's uh, a point. That's a question too. Uh, so Ghostface is in that top tier, uh, or yeah. like he's like he's barely say- in there because you know uh, the last few movies has kind of knocked him down. Like, I, I would love to see, like, there's room for people to kind of, I think that you always going to have in, like, the iconic locked, like, Mount Rushmore uh, positions, Michael, Freddie, and Jason. You're going to always have them there. But there's always room for yeah, I don't think you're going to. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think you'll knock off as top three. But there's room for four. Yeah, there's room for the four. <laughs> there's room for yeah. So, I mean, I think he could be number four because, uh, I mean, it just all depends, though. I mean, you got Leatherface going to make a comeback. You know, Jigs, I don't know if it's Jigsaw or not, but the new Saw movies trying to resurrect that, look, that franchise. That looks, that looks I mean, so terrible. It looks so terrible. I think it looks terrible. I've, we didn't even talk about right. that trailer, but the Twisted or whatever it's called, it looks bad, man. Um, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, the Chris Rock Saw movie. Oh, you didn't like? No, it? I actually like it. It reminds me of Seven, so uh, I'm a big fan of that. It reminds you of what? I'm sorry. Seven. Okay, yeah. Movie Seven. Okay. Yeah, it gave off the vibe. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I think it's a fresh take on the franchise, and I think it needs a fresh eyes because they were being repetitive in what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean it's going to be good. It could be awful. You know? yep. Well, 
All right. Well, yeah, we'll see uh, in June if uh, Candyman will be, I would say, the second best horror film of the year. Uh, because right now, Underwater is still the first, the best horror film of the year, in my opinion. Uh, and so, until, I don't know, we're going to see Invisible Man. We'll see what that does. But, um, but speaking of movies that were disappointments, <laughs> Brom. Nice segue right there. Brom, <laughs> the boy too. Oh, let's get into this stupid film. Um, I tell you, I tell the synopsis, and then Brandon's gonna hit you with all the lovely numbers that we're here for. Uh, when a young family moves to the Hillshire's residence, terror strikes when a boy from the family discovers a doll called Brahms that appears to be eerily human. That's the dumbest synopsis I've ever read about this movie. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, I'll get into the scores. Uh, it's got a 4.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Roger and Ebert give it a 1 out of 4. <laughs> Surprising, though, 75% like this on Google. Surprising. Surprisingly. Surprising number. Very surprising. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter. This is a good score here. 10%. <laughs> <laughs> Ten percent. It's it should have been about a one percent, but it, give it ten. Why not? Forty one percent like it for the audience score. Uh, it cost ten million to make. It's currently t- at nine point one globally. Uh, if this movie breaks even, and we get a the boy three. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna be so. We're mad. rioting. We're rioting if there's a boy three. Yeah, I mean, what's that going to be about? What are they going to retcon? Oh well, we're going to have to get <laughs> we're going to have to get into this and give this movie all the smoke. Um, so uh, this movie stars. Uh, we'll try and get to the IMDb page. Uh, you probably there already. Katie, Holmes. there you go. Katie Holmes as the mother. Um, let's see. Owen Yeoman as Sean. Christopher. Con Convery as Jude and Ralph Innocent as Joseph. And then uh, I say Dr. Anjali as uh, Anjali J as Dr. Lawrence. Um, and I, it's not worth mentioning the rest of the characters in this movie. No, no, that's really not. Oh, man. Well, I will say the acting was good for what they were given. I agree. I agree. The best part about this movie was the acting. The uh, uh yeah, yeah, Katie Holmes did a did a phenomenal job. Uh, uh, like I felt like like she was going crazy, and you kind of I felt for her as like she doesn't know what is going on if it's reality. I wish that, we ain't gonna talk about yet how we could have fixed it, but I love that aspect of it. Um, and then Jude, uh, he just seemed like a kid that could have been a really cool kid, but then could have fell off into the creepiness. Um, yeah. and the the husband was he was good, but he was forgettable. I liked him in, I think it was Monk or Psych. He's in one of those shows, but I liked him in that show. I forgot what show he was in. I'm gonna just look him up real quick. 
But what's your thoughts? Well, I really like Ralph Innocent as Joseph. Uh, he was the father in The Witch. Uh, so I really enjoyed him. I was I didn't know where they were going with his character at all, but he seemed like he was like when they f- first saw the doll, like he was upset that they found it. Like it, then you get to the twist at the end, and he knew someone was gonna find it. It just but he acted like he was upset about that. Yeah, I don't. I, I agree. His character was just interesting to me. It's like it's like they forgot what they did in the first act with him, and they changed. They they were ring around the rosy with him, <laughs> just which they did that pretty much with everybody, but especially with him because I felt like he was scared of the house in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, scared of the doll. Uh, he, he knew the history, he knew about Brahms killing. That uh, that that guy in the first movie. Uh, so I mean, I don't know. I just it was a hit scratcher with his character. Uh, but the biggest hit scratcher of all is Brahms. Hmm. <laughs> Tell us about it, Aaron. Tell us what they did with Brahms. All right. What happened to all Brahms? Right, so uh, first of all, uh, to get back to what I was looking up, the guy it, it doesn't show that he was in yeah. Psych or anything like that, but he was in Troy. He was in uh, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles show. Uh, he was in American Sniper uh, and The Mentalist. He did. So he was in the movie Belko Experiment. I, I think I vaguely remembered him in that movie. That's probably what I remember him uh, from. Then. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's where I remember him from. And I thought he was in something else. But um, yeah, Brahms. All right, so the family gets to this. Right, the family has like a crime happened in the neighborhood, senseless crime that had no connection whatsoever to the rest of the movie. Um, <laughs> and uh, and, no, not really. and so because of this crime, the little boy, Jew, becomes a mute, and he can't talk. He just refuses to talk. There's no reason for him to be like this, I guess. Uh, it would have been different if the, the criminal that broke into the house looked at him and then did like, shh, to him to tell him to be quiet or something like that. Then it just like made him like, oh, I'm afraid to talk now, you know. Uh, but that didn't happen anyway. So they get to this place to give this kid a break from the violent London, I guess, or wherever the hell they was at, and, yeah, they and get him London. to this countryside because it's better for him to live in this country. And he finds the doll, Brahms, uh, all covered in mud and dirt and dirty dirty just and it's a doll and the guy the joseph guy the father from a witch who was probably one of the best parts of this movie um he was like yeah you're right he was like oh oh, oh you found it what are you gonna do with that thing or you know like kind of like menacing but then it doesn't make sense because the end you realize he planted the freaking doll there and so uh yeah I honestly think they forgot what they wrote. <laughs> I do. I think they just forgot what they wrote. Uh, I don't know whose idea was the... the okay. Spoilers. Spoilers. It's fine. Uh, the doll is uh, alive. <laughs> I just It's funny to say because if 
you watch the first movie, you really you know it's the doll's not alive. It's just a doll. So stupid. It's, it's so stupid. So it, it is really stupid. But and the way they explain it makes zero sense. You know, you would have been better off retconning the whole movie. If that's the direction you wanted to take. Instead of recalling some parts of the first movie, because uh, it it don't make sense. First off, it don't make sense because the dog got destroyed and nothing happened. Yeah, As a matter of fact, in the first movie, the dog has just broken up, and you see that it's just a porcelain doll. There is no yeah. fleshy inside inside the doll. So in this, the father takes a hammer or something. And swings and hits the doll in the face, and the, then the porcelain breaks, revealing a red, like, person that lives inside the doll. Yeah, that when it when he broke it and it kind of raised up, that reminded me so much of Child's Play. <laughs> uh, I don't know what they were going for. I, I think they were trying to be Annabelle, and I think they were trying to be Chucky. I I, I don't know. It, it just ridiculous i thought while watching this movie when i knew the doll was alive i thought okay somehow or another brahms from the first movie put his soul into this that's what doll. I, was, I thought they were copying that's copy. what i thought that's what i thought too my my thoughts uh, exactly brandon was that somehow the brahms from the first movie that was a real person uh before he died his his evil spirit or maybe even prod- a little bit of prodigy in there that his evil spirit was able to like just gravitate into the doll and possess the doll and the yeah. doll then has been there at the farm waiting on the next family to come that's what I thought and, yeah. and it may and I would have been okay with that more than what we got yeah so they're saying that um, the doll was controlling Brahms who lived in those walls to kill people. That's what they basically yeah. said. This doll has used people for what, 50, 60 years? Mm-hmm. Right? right? Is that right? Or is it longer? Long, I think longer God. than that because it, it affected Joseph. So we find out in the movie, throughout the movie somewhere, that Joseph, the groundskeeper guy, was actually uh, a, vic- a, a victim slash possessed person of the doll. The doll kind of yeah. used him in order to murder his family um, when he was a little boy. And that's, that's taking things from Sinister as well yeah. right there. It's like this movie. That's what it's he like did. this movie literally said, okay, I like what they did in Sinister. I like what they did in Prodigy. I like what they did in Child's Play. I kind of like what they did in Annabelle. Let's just take all of that and make that into a movie. <laughs> And just make it when, when you already have an interesting character to begin with, Brahms. I, look, this was one of my most anticipated films because I thought we were gonna get Brahms, the guy. I even in the trailers, I thought, okay, it's gonna be a swerve, he will show up. And I, I thought you could do so much with that character. I thought that guy could have been like the new leather, yeah, face, I agree, you yeah. know, that's- um, but. To say he died and say Joseph fits the doll, why would you need to fit it if it was alive? Yeah, 
that's the thing. That's the biggest complaint I have about this movie. That you're trying to change things and connect things. The doll was not alive in the first movie. You didn't retcon that because he, because I thought they changed everything. I thought that uh, when they found the dog, I was like, "Where's the scratches?" You know, it's then they mention it later, and you see a little bit. But uh, I was like, "Wow!" They, I, th- I honestly thought they retconned that whole ending, and it never happened. The doll <laughs> never got smashed. The Roms never came out of the wall. But they didn't go that way. But I just was like, "It, it makes." I felt. Oh. I honestly felt like I was back watching Black Christmas, but but worse. <laughs> but I, I wanted to see this. It, it and it hurt me more. Yeah, the thing is, man. Um, like with so when they get to the farmhouse, all right. So uh, they're exploring the grounds. They find the doll. Uh, the parents reluctantly allows the little boy to take Brahms home. Right. And uh, they and they have this whole little montage where they're cleaning him up, it, which is very reminiscent of Child's Play Two, in my opinion. It was very reminiscent of uh, yeah. whenever they're cleaning up and re- redoing Chucky. That's what it kind of reminded me of, like they or maybe I think even in Annabelle, if I'm not mistaken, isn't there a scene where, like, when the guys make Annabelle, like in Annabelle, the origin one, where they kind of have him taking his time with the doll and stuff like that. Is that in there anywhere? I know he with the dolls, but I'm not sure exactly. I'm not sure if he's cleaning it. Uh, but I know he's doing. He I know he makes the yeah. dolls. But I'm, not, I'm just yeah. I can't really. Remember. Yeah, yeah. But, but the uh, the point though is that it's uh, very like they took time to show them like cleaning the doll, fixing them up, putting them in his pajamas or something because his pajamas under him. Uh, put them in there and then send yeah. them in the chair and tell them good night and stuff like that. And then the first thing that you see is when Katie Holmes is walking out of the uh, living room area or whatever, uh, that she sees a mirror and the mirror in the mirror, there's a reflection of the doll and the doll is looks like he's facing towards the mirror towards her. And she like jumps a little bit. And she yeah. goes back and looks and the doll chasing her the way. I was thinking, man, it wouldn't have been cool is if this whole thing, it's just a psychological thing that's in her head, and um, and uh, and not only that, but the real Brahms is now at that house, kind of you know, uh, not you know, I don't know, I don't know where I was going with this, but <laughs> but I, 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 whatever I was gonna go with would have been better what we got. But uh, I think that like when we see that, the first thing I looked over at Brandon is when uh, the doll, the the camera comes back around. To the towel, and what happens? His eye blinks, or somehow something happens that makes it like. Yeah. And I, my first thought was like, "Did you see this? Did you see this doll blink? Or did you see this doll eye move or something?" <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking, because like the whole movie, you gotta see this, man. You gotta understand that I'm watching this movie, but with but with the foundation of the first movie. So watching this movie yeah. and seeing what happens, I'm confused. I'm like, how is this possible? Because we, me and you see the first movie and we realize that at the end of the movie, it's really a guy in the walls, moving the doll, making the doll do whatever. Yeah, I think uh, 
since they were going to go in this direction, I think the movie should have just been called Brahms. Uh, not the boy to add it on. <laughs> but the main, main problem I have with this direction is that the doll really doesn't do anything. <laughs> mm. If you're going to make it alive, let the doll do something. Amen. It's like they want to be kind of like Chucky, but also be like Annabelle. Uh, and maybe the prodigy and sinister. I don't know. It just felt like they didn't really know what to do for a sequel. Um, and it's like, let's make money, let's make a sequel. And the, and the most disheartening thing about it, Brandon, is the fact that either the original people that made the first movie making this movie, yeah. how are you going to destroy your yeah. own legacy? Like Brahms, like at one point I said, I was saying to people, I would say the last great horrors that I've seen for the last few years I would put uh, the boy in there. I'd put um, I would I would put um, let's see, uh, 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 autopsy of Jane Doe. I would put that off in there. I would put witch off in there. I would put the following uh, in there. You know, I would have put like and then um, uh, the Babadook. I put I would throw that off in there as like and then uh, of course Train to Busan is like a really good one too. If I would have put those off in there as like one of the best horror films I've seen in the last few years. And what this movie does is really just makes like that whole movie and whatever Maggie, I'm going to just call Maggie, <laughs> go through in the first movie uh, pointless. It made it pointless. Yeah, it was very pointless. It was very pointless. To me, they just put, they, they started a dumpster fire and they just <laughs> threw it in there, threw this character, threw this uh, franchise in there and just burnt it uh, like they do Brahms the doll at the end, even though it's not the doll. I, am I, 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 maybe you can make me understand this. At the end of this movie, does, it feels like Brahms, the whatever's inside the doll, goes into the boy. Does the boy go into the doll? Mm. I mean, I know he speaks, but I don't know. It just oh, I don't know. oh, that's interesting. So, I mean, are you saying that maybe what the boy actually what Jude tossed into the fire contained Jude's actual soul, and and he yeah. threw the soul into the the fire, and um, and 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 so he took. A new vessel, and the new vessel was Jude, Jude's actual body. Yeah, and that's kind of what I took at watching it. But I, mean, I don't know if that would even be accurate or not. Yeah. But that's, that's how I took. What's it. funny is while you was watching it, while you was watching it, and when we got to the end, Brandon literally said, "Tommy Jarvis, Tommy Jarvis." Say Tommy Jarvis. Tommy Jarvis. When he put on that mask, I was like, "Oh God, this is Friday 13 Part Five. And they really tried to create, recreate that scene when Roms comes out of the wall with the little boy. Mm -hmm. uh, when they first go into that house, and I was like, "Stop it! <laughs> Just stop yeah. it!" Like that scene in the first movie. That scene was really horrific because you see the face, yeah. and then it reveals this lanky tall man, 
and you're like, oh hell, this is this is turned up now. This is now, this is a totally different movie. Like, because when you see in that first movie, when you when they destroyed it all, and then next thing you know, this dude comes out from the wall. You realize that yeah. oh, it's a dude the whole time that's been like essentially catfishing them, you know, uh, and. Yeah. It just you know. Whereas when you destroy Brahms, the actual Brahms, and the doll, and it's another point. Why is the doll's name Brahms if he's been doing this for years? What is his other names? Why does he? Why does he just call himself Brahms? Is it because that's the last person he interacted with? Was Brahms actually he interacted with Joseph again? Why did I call himself Joseph? I don't know. I have no answers. I, I just thought that moment in the very first movie when he comes out of the wall made that movie so much better I just trains coming (laughs) are you on your back porch is that where you shoot at what you shoot on your back porch no I'm upstairs it's the quietest room when the train's not coming but uh yeah so uh to answer uh like there's so many things in this movie. So the little boy, uh, he starts essentially becoming Brom uh, throughout the movie by like starting to dress like him and things like that. And um, you know, and they and the family finds the rules where Brom's like no guests. Make sure you feed him. Make sure you kiss him good night. Uh, which made sense in the first movie because that was the rules for the little boy Brahms that lived in the house with his parents. That was the parents' rules. So it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to carry it over. And then once again, if they do make another movie of this and and we literally got Jude playing Brahms, isn't the parents going to be like, when Brahms going to be, when Jude's going to be like, the parents going to say, hey, uh, we're gonna have Dennis and and Samantha come over here with their kids this afternoon. Uh, and they're gonna hang out with us, you know. It, 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 when when Drew says, "I'm sorry, mom, but no guests," wouldn't it be like a red flag? <laughs> it would be. Wouldn't it be a red flag? Uh, and kiss me goodnight, mom. You think you gotta kiss me goodnight? That's part of the rules. When he starts saying these dumb things, I, I, man, so stupid. As much as this movie is hated. And if it gets a third film somehow, uh, I honestly don't know where you go from here. I, <laughs> I would honestly say you have to retcon this movie, but you're, you've already screwed yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 screwed. I mean, it, it's it, it, there's just no way. I don't see how you can fix this. So what went wrong there? What where where did this movie go wrong, Brandon? It went wrong when they made the doll alive. <laughs> <laughs> when that, when you're in the writing room and that's what you're pitching, uh, let's make the doll alive this time. That's what people uh, he thinks. That's what people actually wanted from the first movie. Uh, I thought it was very creative what they did with the first movie. I thought having the man live in the wall because that felt like something you would have saw in the late '80s, early '90s. Uh, and I just I loved it. Um, I thought they should have continued that guy's story because how it ends, he's he he lives and he's fitting the doll. Of course, they say that was Joseph, 
who was not even in the movie, but <laughs> mm. oh yeah, where did it go wrong? For yeah, you? oh well, that's another point. In the first movie, Joseph wasn't even on the property at all. I think, matter of fact, there might have been like there's a grocery store dude that was there. Um, wouldn't Maggie? Uh, uh, so dumb. Where it went wrong for me. Like there was parts of the movie where I was like, okay, okay, let me let me be into this. Like with the uh I mentioned this when we finished watching the movie, the stairwell scene with the little boy standing back there. You know, I thought it was kind of creepy without jump scare noises. You know, I'm like, that's cool, you know. And then like when when the mom comes down and then there's a dude standing in the same position, I thought, Oh well, that's kind of creepy, you know. Uh so there was parts where I was like, Well, that's kinda cool. And there's little moments in the movie I thought was kind of cool. Uh, but I think it went wrong when it went wrong when it revealed that Joseph was, oh, oh well, also when uh, when that dude at the hospital gave all the exposition for no reason. Oh, you're staying at such and such house? Yeah. Well, that's where all these murders happen. And then blah, 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 blah. You know, just to catch him up so he can rush back home. Um, it just made no sense. And then uh, at the same time, Joseph was like, kind of find out that he was possessed by the doll, you know, and he was like part of that, you know, it just, it, I thought that was dumb. That's where it went wrong. And then ultimately, as you said, Brandon, it's when the doll was alive and did the Undertaker raise up. Yeah. That's where it went wrong. And the doll never. Yeah, I, I, I'll say this about that part. I didn't, I actually like that. Him raising up. I was like, you know, for what it was, I was like, all right, I, I like that, but I hate your freaking movie. But I like that scene. It reminded me of Chucky. Uh, but I can see your Undertaker reference too. But <laughs> I like that, but I just like, I was so far gone by then. I was like, you can do whatever. It's whatever. Me, your movie sucks. Let me, uh, just let me read this real quick. So uh, I want to read some, a couple of critic reviews. Um, first review is by Kate uh, Arbland of uh, um, Rotten Tomatoes. It says, there aren't that many minutes to mess up, but the film manages to make it feel much longer. And then it says, there's another one that says, take the best elements from the boy and reverse his course so abruptly, it practically leaves skid marks on the screen. It's not just a subpar sequel. Is retroactively injures any otherwise superior film, and uh, and uh, injures uh, an otherwise superior film. So, by doing what they did in ret- uh, retconning the first movie, it makes that movie pointless. So it makes it like where there's absolutely no reason whatsoever to ever watch that movie, and you cannot watch that movie now. And after seeing this movie, where I'm thinking, well, this doll's alive the whole time it's doing this. And, it's, and and there's a guy that's in the walls for no reason. It's just no... It's just You know, you see what I'm saying? I do. I do. I... I, I hated this movie so much. <laughs> this movie made me mad. Oh, it made Brandon, me mad. So when Brandon left the theaters... Uh, um, fans of our of our podcast channel. When Brandon left the theater, he he went he took to Facebook and said something like, 
how do you kill your own series or something like that? You said something that was really funny. You was like, how do you go and just single-handedly destroy whatever you built up in the first movie? You, this is how you do it. You know, make it all supernatural. You said something like that. Yeah, I, I think I said, uh, how do you kill your own franchise? Make the boy too. That's, I think it was something like that. I'm, I, but it, oh man, this is. I honestly think this was worse for me than Black Christmas, and because I, I mean I could find entertaining things about Black Christmas. Uh, I just thought it was in bad mm-hmm. taste, <laughs> but to do that, but especially to do that to that property. Uh, if you want to make a horror film about the Me Too movement, that's fine. Uh, just don't call it Black Christmas. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I found things entertaining in that movie, where in this movie I really didn't find anything really entertaining. Uh, it just made me mad. It, it, it honestly, I think, I, I think Chris Stuckman, who I'm kind of hard on these days, he said it best. If you like the first film, I don't see there's any chance you'll enjoy yourself watching The Boy 2. And mm-hmm. I agree, 100%. So, uh, yeah. You know, is, what were we going to talk about? What they could have done better, uh, not make it supernatural. Absolutely. I don't, honestly, um, I've never seen a movie that got a sequel that retconned the first movie. You know, I've never seen that. I've, Maybe there's films out there that did it, but I've never seen it. I wonder. Have no, you ever come across anything no, like this? No, like uh, even no, like like maybe the third film. That's when they start retconning. Uh, so we're, so yeah. you think about Scream series, the Scream series. Uh, what they did with the sequel to Scream is revealed that um, Billy Loomis's mother is after Sidney Prescott. Because Sidney Prescott yeah. murdered, uh, killed her son, and so that drove her, it yeah. drove her crazy. So it didn't retcon it to the point where, because when Sidney seen her, because Sidney never experienced her at all until when he she did see her, she's like, Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Loomis, you know, because she knew, because nobody else like, and I thought that was ingenious thing about them doing that where. They they kept them two characters away from one another, honestly, where you never they never experienced each other. Although, uh, freaking Courtney Cox Arquette should have known Billy Loomis's brother because, but but then again, she was too uh, over you know with herself that to witness to notice little people, you know, um, and so it makes sense. It wasn't a big retcon where it's like. Like, oh no, really, Bill, really, uh, Sydney, you killed Billy Loomis, and he actually didn't actually do the murders at all. He was just, uh, doing a dare, and the real killer is Randy or somebody, you know what I'm saying? So, I think the closest thing I could say to this is probably Friday the 13th, part two, mm-hmm. where they make Jason alive when he was dead in the first. Uh, oh, okay, but, but at the same time, 
that was a good move. <laughs> yeah, it saved it because there's no way you could have made Friday the Thirteenth Part Two uh, in it, in it, because they they def- they definitively killed uh, Mrs. Voorhees. Uh, you know, they yeah. killed her. Uh, they chopped her head off. She's dead. You gotta have. If you're gonna keep the series. You gotta have something happen. Now, of course, they, they yeah yeah they they should have. I don't know. I guess they I, they should do something with the whole Jason is a boy, deformed boy at the end of the movie. I don't know if that was supposed to be just a really a daydream. Really didn't happen. I don't know. But I think that by having him be Hillbilly Jason in the sequel and then eventually reinvent him again to Zombie Jason, I think it's fine. I think it helped make, make that series into what it was but in this film it's such a drastic change it just makes no sense you know it's a drastic change that for not not the better it's very drastic no i mean because i mean if you watch the first film you're like well he lives clearly he lived uh i know beth would argue with me on this but he lived <laughs> he was fixing the doll up I don't care what the sequel says. That was Brahms, the man in the wall. That's what I thought. That's <laughs> but, what I thought when I finished watching that movie. Is that Brahms? Oh, I'm like, oh, he he survived. He lived. We're gonna have a sequel somehow. I don't know what it's gonna be, or if it ends, it's just he's still alive out there. You know. I can only think, and and I hope this is true. It's it was the studio's decision. It wasn't the actual director. But if it would have been me, studio wanted me to change a lot that happened in the first film, I would have walked away. That, that's just me. But I wouldn't help kill my own birth of a new who, franchise. I, who would the studio be, though? Would it be Blum, Blumhouse in that in that regard? Or were, no, it was STX. Okay. Or SF, they're called. So they actually... STX. Okay, so they are the ones that's like they probably said no, 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 no. What we need to do is make make him alive, baby. Let's make him, uh, let's make him a supernatural demon, baby. That doesn't really. Yeah, move. That's what's in today. Look at Annabelle. You know, <laughs> so dumb. But you know the thing about it is, um, like even even at the end of this movie, Brandon, when we see Brahms' bloody doll demon thing. It still isn't moving as much. Like it does a setup thing, but like in the movie earlier, you heard a you heard the dog running. Like you hear his feet running across the floor, and you see it going to the room real quick, shut the door, and the mom thinks it's the son, right? Uh, so yeah. you see that movement from it, but this dog doesn't. Even in that end, the dog ain't doing much movement. It's like literally still a dog, but just yeah. a bloody faced dog. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna Make this doll alive. By the end of the movie, you need to see it doing stuff. He needs to go full on Chucky right there. If you're gonna if you're gonna take that direction, he needed to become full Chucky. Just you know, start killing people. The doll and um, but he was using the kid to kill people, and and that's stealing stuff from Sinister because mm-hmm. that's what he did. Uh, this movie is just theft. <laughs> it's, 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 it's all theft. it is. It's theft. You know, it's funny. The, the funniest thing about it, man, is uh, 
it's crazy because I used to I criticize the Child's Play remake, but hats off to the Child's Play remake for at least having the balls to make a movie that is far superior to this movie. And like that movie, that movie is watchable at least again. And knowing I know going from the beginning, this isn't a possessed doll, but it's just AI that's corrupted. And so you know what you got. So you're not confused. And the most of the time in this movie, Aaron, most, more times that I looked over at you it was like with a confused look on my face, like what? And you kept saying, maybe they explain it. <laughs> maybe they explain it at the end of the movie. Maybe they explain it. At the end. Maybe it makes sense at the end of the movie. Yeah, I, I was hoping that it was going to make sense. Uh, but God. True. It was just a disaster. I mean, it's literally the worst film of the country. Uh, it's not even close. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't think I can top this. Like, if this would have been made in 2019, uh, Black Christmas would have been the worst film of the year for me. Yeah, it's probably. It, I, I truly believe. Yeah, this probably would have made at least one on your list. Number one on your list last year. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's, I don't see the boy. What I'm saying is crazy that um, how nobody seen underwater, and this is going to be a gem years from now that people who's going to talk about oh, but like crawl, people's going to talk about say oh, but you missed a really good movie in crawl, or you missed a really good movie yeah. with underwater, you. And, and this movie, that movie didn't get many eyes on it. Whereas this cra- piece of crap got so many eyes on it that it's going to potentially turn a profit and make a sequel, which nobody wants. Nobody wants, except for the studios. No, uh, yeah, I, I, I honestly didn't think it would get there. I didn't think it would even get close to breaking even. But it's going to probably break even and may make some more money. I didn't see it happening. Uh, but Jesus, it just, it, it doesn't deserve another film. We don't just, nobody, I don't think anybody in their right mind wants a boy three. I don't think <laughs> you can ask everybody in a horror. Do you want a boy three? I think everyone's going to say, hell no. <laughs> hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a just going to say, I don't think the filmmakers wanted a boy three. I think there's like, Hey, Hey guys. So how can we just kill this series altogether where, we, you know, it's like, have you seen the producers? Have you ever seen the producers? No, I hey, It's a Mel Brooks movie. Uh, it's, uh, they also made a play for, from it and a remake movie from it uh, years ago. It was really good. But anyway, it's, the, it's a, these actors, essentially, they realize that they can get, there's a big payoff if they make a really, really bad Broadway musical that tanks. And they can actually make more money from the fact that it tanks than if it's a success. So they do everything in the in their power to make the Broadway musical a failure by hiring someone. Is it springtime for Hitler? Making it about Hitler and they're making a musical about Hitler and celebrating Germany, like Nazi Germany. And it's just so crazy. Everything that you want to go wrong, go wrong, but it becomes a hit. This is what this movie is. It's like the it's like the directors of this movie was like, "Hey, what can we do to kill this movie 
so that we don't ever have to revisit this again and we can move on to do other things. And then, like, <laughs> the the dailies and studios come out and be like, oh, hey, guys, you seem like you got a hit on your hands. And they're like, oh, hell no. How did we do this? What what do we do now? I know. Let's make them in the, in the third film. Let's make Brahms a ninja. No, no. Let's make him a little boy that's killing people. Uh, let, uh, essentially, let's make him we're gonna just make we're gonna just do the prodigy guys. Let's just make the prodigy, but with Brahms and he wears a mask and he has a butcher knife. It makes sense. Let's do that. On that note, <laughs> oh man, I, I couldn't take another boy film. I couldn't take another Brahms. Um, no mm-hmm. way. I mean, I I just don't know what they were thinking. If, if your goal was to make the worst film of the year, congratulations, <laughs> you did it. Uh, but it's like it's like they uh, they seen the grudge, and they was like, "Hold my beer, <laughs> I got I got yeah. this." Or Doolittle, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I think Doolittle was probably the worst film of the year for me for seeing this. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. No, I would say Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, uh, that movie was so boring. Be- but I'd rather watch that again than watch Brahms. The boy before too. seeing before uh, seeing this, I would have said my worst movie of the year would have probably been the one that sticks out to me the most is The Grudge. Uh, but with seeing this movie, this is by far the worst film that I've seen this year. And uh, and 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 you know, it's, it's crazy to say now that I kind of show some respect to The Grudge because at least you know they tried to not make it crappy. Yeah, they did. <laughs> but uh, even though, they did. even though you know they yeah. they made some missteps in it, but um, and, and who would have known, Brandon? Now it's like February, almost March. Who would have known? Sitting here, I would have been like, the best movie I've seen this year is Underwater. Who would have known? Uh, as far as like horror, well, I would say not just horror. I think that that's probably the best movie I've seen this year is Underwater. Uh, second it will be Sonic because I, I enjoyed it. Third, maybe Bad Boys because I like that movie. Uh, but I don't know. Um, I mean, up to right now, I would say my f- best movie is I really like The Gentleman and I really like Call of the Wild. Uh, I, I thought overall those were really good. I, mean, I like Bad Boys too, and I like Underwater and Sonic. I think that, that's probably my top five. Uh, but I can say this of the, all the bad movies I have seen, I, I feel they did try. <laughs> but I don't think Brahms tried. I don't think the directors tried. I don't, I don't think the studio cared. I, I just think they, uh, it was profitable. Let's do a sequel. Let's make it supernatural. People, at the end of the day, all kinds of supernatural films. Hmm. But I just, man, it, it's just. The train wreck. Um, I didn't mention. Oh, I also say probably the best movie I've seen. I'm not going to count 1917 because technically from last year, so I'm not counting that. I enjoyed it. Yeah, but I'm not going to count it. Uh, I would say uh, that I enjoyed Birds of Prey uh, as well. I thought that that was re- really good movie, gentlemen. I did enjoy. I enjoyed the the dialogue and the uh, just the, the the man. I bet you the script was so good. Uh, because just the dialogue in that movie is so good. Uh, Colin Farrell, yeah, Colin well. Farrell, like won the movie for me. Um, 
but Birds of Prey was really, really a really good movie that I absolutely enjoyed. Um, and Sonic, and then, like I said, I loved Under Underwater Man. It just it was a sleeper hit for me. I didn't see it coming. It was. Nah, I mean, I thought it would be decent, but it's it surpassed my expectations. But I think Birds of Prey is the one that really exceeded. Cause I thought that movie looked awful. But I, I ended up liking it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, you know. So, yeah, I don't see where they go forward. Uh, you said that the filmmakers of this film uh, has been given what movie next? Uh, the uh, the orphan prequel. Oh my goodness! What are they gonna do? They're gonna make it into a shared universe. Brahm's gonna be an orphan. He's gonna he's gonna uh, be he's gonna know. be he was possessing the orphan to make her do what she did. I'm telling you, that's gonna happen. The doll is gonna be in that movie. If he's given creative control. Like I'm assuming he was in the boy, I think it it'll be decent. But if the studio's controlling what he does, I, I'm afraid <laughs> for that movie. I don't have high hopes for it now. I did before I saw the boy too, but I don't have high hopes now. Yeah, you know what? And if that is the case, Brandon, I would say that if if it, if that was the case, and the studio stepped in and made those changes <coughs> to make the movie whatever the finished product is invest the studios and, and studios do do that uh they they butcher films because they think they know everything but i i hate yeah. that i hate the aspect i think that the filmmaker should have the right to make the movie that they want to make that's why i commend uh what, the, what mike flanagan was able to do with dr sleep even though it wasn't a quote-unquote blockbuster success or a successful movie it still was a great film uh, that he was able to take two, it's like taking two feuding parents and bringing them into a room to talk to one another. And that's what he was able to do with Spielberg, not Spielberg, but King and, um, and um, um, shoot, I forget his name right now. Come on, uh, Scorsese. Not Scorsese, come on. Starts with a Kubrick. Kubrick. Yeah, Kubrick. Uh, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, so he was able to, to bring those two together to make a really good mo- movie, and he was able to make the movie that he wanted to make. Um, and I think that the studio should just stop meddling in uh, filmmakers, you know, because they uh, it, they hurt themselves. Uh, I know they don't seem like yeah, they, they, they no, because as long as they look, they're looking at dollars. I don't know. Yeah, that's all. That's all they care about. I mean, it is a business, so I mean, that is the main thing is to make money off your films. But you also gotta let the filmmakers be creative and take chances. And you know, a lot of studios don't do mm. that. Blumhouse is getting away; they don't allow the filmmakers to really take a chance. They'll let they'll let Jordan Peele take a chance. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't like Jordan as producer. Like, so this is his his film that he produced. I think I don't think he produced Ma, um, but it says from from one of the producers of uh, uh, Sir Get Out or whatever. Get out. Uh, but it just one. This that doesn't mean it's Jordan. People do that, and you think, oh, well, Jordan Peele did this, you know? 
Like Jordan Peele is hands on producing uh, this Candyman movie. He's he's not directing it. He gave it to his lady, who uh, maybe yeah. she can. But you can tell he's involved. Yeah, you can tell he's involved. It has Jordan Peele's hand. It's like it's like if Spielberg is pr- executive producer of something. And you look at the movie, you're like, oh, yes. Yeah. You're like, like, Super 8. You're like, oh, yeah, yes, it's Spielberg. You know, <laughs> because you feel it. You feel his presence in the film. Uh, but I think that whenever you just take a movie and just say, the studio will be like, all right, yeah, I like what we're doing with Halloween, but instead, let's make it a curse of the thorn. Then let's make uh, Michael have sex with his niece and have a baby, because you know that's going to put butts in the seat. That's when you're out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you're out of ideas. But yeah, it is. Um, when you take Jason to hell <laughs> or take him to space, you're out of ideas. When you take Jason out of the movie and instead have people eat his heart. And become possessed by Jason, and in the mirror see Jason. You're out of you're out of ideas. Yep. When Freddie, that's when you need a hard. When, when you take Freddie out of Elm Street or Springfield or wherever the hell he was at, and Springwood, yeah, you take him out and you put him on the road, and Rosie Rose Roseanne Barr pops up. With Tom Tom Arnold, you're out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, that'd be like taking Leatherface out of Texas. You know, it's yeah. just <laughs> don't make a lot of sense. Let's take Jaws. Let's take Jaws the shark and put him in SeaWorld and make a movie. And you know, hey, that's a good concept. Though. Hey, see, <laughs> I just made a better idea. It's better than Bahamas. <laughs> that's true. You know, it's just. I don't know. Just like I think that um, I don't know. Right now, it doesn't look too good for for horror. I I, I hope that Halloween will, will succeed. I hope Candyman will succeed. Uh, I heard really good uh, people uh, people talking about the Lodge, which is like Hammer Films coming back up into the, the ranks. Yeah. Um, I heard good things about I guess Antlers maybe, uh, but uh, and, I think that'll be good. Yeah, I think Antlers will be really good. Uh, Invisible Man's got great reviews. Yeah. It's like ninety-two percent Rotten Tomatoes, ninety-one audience score. So I was, yeah, I wanted to ask you earlier. Uh, do you think this will be the start of the the reboot of the Dark Universe? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I hope so. I hope I hope they take it slower though. There's no need to rush it. Um, I mean, from everything I've read. Nothing is connected to anything but just the Invisible Man, which I think is a good yeah, move. I think so. Uh, I think that it would be good to. I think I would love to see that. We want to see that Dark Universe happen, but more than that, Brandon, I want to just see successful. Uh, I want to see a successful Invisible Man movie. I want to see a successful Dracula film. I want to see a successful Frankenstein monster movie, which we haven't had in a long time. Very long time. I can't even think of the last one that I consider a successful Frankenstein movie. Um, and I just want like Wolfman. Like I'm, I know we had the one with uh, Antonio, but um, uh, Benicio del Toro. Benicio del Toro. Yeah. Uh, which I, you know what? I didn't hate 
Um, but I didn't love okay. either. Yeah, I did. You liked it? That's oh, gore. I mean, I love <laughs> for a werewolf movie, though. I mean, I, I give it. I know it was uh, predictable when you get to the end, but for a werewolf movie, and again, I hadn't seen the Wolfman at that point in time. The originals. I've only at that point in time. I had only seen that mm. one. Uh, I thought it was awesome. I, I had a great time. Uh, with it, I still consider it probably my top five werewolf films. Uh, I mean, it don't beat the original Wolfman, right? Uh, but um, for what they were going for, I, it was old school horror. I, I thought, and uh, especially with um, a werewolf. I mean, you don't get many werewolf movies that are good. No, you really don't. Uh, like, like you know, you get uh, you get American Werewolf in in London. Megan Werewolf from Paris was terrible. Uh, you get uh, The Howling. Um, you know, like, you don't have many that you can say. Say that again? I haven't seen any of their sequels. The Howling. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I want to. <laughs> I didn't like the original yeah. at all. Yeah, um, I didn't really care for the. Uh, and, and I know, being a horror, horror head as I am, and as you are, you know, it's kind of blasphemous to say you didn't like the original Howling, you know, but it just, I don't know. I came I came up liking more of the American Werewolf in London movie than I was the Howling. And so that was the one that I remember the most because it was everything. It was with like the brother, uh, his, his friend, I mean, showing up as a rotten corpse. It was always something that stood out to me. And I loved the transformation in that movie. It seemed painful. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you ain't seen American? I've seen War- the one in Paris. I don't think I've seen. Oh, uh, I I command you to see American Werewolf in London. No, I can't command you, but you should see it. Um, but speaking <laughs> of what we've seen, you'll make me. Watch it. Huh? I said you'll make me watch it one oh, day. Oh, I definitely will. <laughs> um, maybe because uh, uh, we're gonna be uh, display uh, de- debut debuting a new show coming next week. Uh, we won't. Give it because I wonder if I still have ideas. So, um, so uh, real quick, uh, tell me what uh, what have you watched this week? Uh, movie wise, TV movie wise, or both? Movie wise. Uh, hmm. Brandon, you still there? All right, so it seems like we lost Brandon because I'm not hearing him any longer. So I guess that'll be the end of this podcast episode. We may come back with a little bonus episode. Uh, In the meantime, this is Aaron Whitlow from the Mark Out Movie Podcast. All right, Brandon Spivey's back with me. Um, Yep. He, we had a little, little technical difficulties. Um, maybe it's because uh, the Brahms knew we was talking ill about him, and they tried to sever our connection. But we're back. Uh, I was asking Brandon uh, right before we can we uh, adjourned there. Um, what have you watched this week? Um. Okay. Let me get to it real quick. I'll be able to. 
let you know. <laughs> I have watched uh, Despicable Me 2, which I enjoyed. Uh, Wall Street, which I thought uh, Charlie Sheen ruined the movie. <laughs> mm. I don't know if you've seen that. Have you seen Wall Street? No, I tried my best not to see that movie. <laughs> I just had no <laughs> desire to see that movie. I think I remember it in the 80s, like being on TV, but I never watched it. Yeah. I mean, I, I missed a lot of Michael Douglas films uh, as a kid, teenager. As a young adult, I started watching his work. I, he was great. He won an Academy Award for that performance, but I, Charlie's just terrible. Hmm. Well, that makes sense. Charlie typically is. Are you there? All right, it seems like we lost connection again. Um, I'm sorry. Hey, Brandon. Hello. All right, so, guys, thank you. We've had some technical difficulties. Uh, we're going to try this one more time to talk about some random scene. Uh, Wall Street. Uh, yeah, I've never seen a lot of his movies, and I and that movie and this and. I know about, but I've never really seen. Yeah, I also watched Roman J. Uh, Israel, I think it's what it's called. It's a Denzel Washington movie. thought that was really good. He got nominated for a Golden Globe in 2017 for the performance. Uh, I think that's about all that I've seen now. All right. Uh, I saw, so I've been uh, spending most of my time over on Shutter. This is not sponsored by Shutter, <laughs> but uh, I've been spending my time over on Shutter because I finished watching uh, maybe uh, something or two on Netflix, like a show or something. And I was like, "All right, let me see what's got what's on Shutter." So I've been watching Joe Bob Briggs, and I watched and I told Brandon about this. I watched Mad Men, which is a 1981 slasher cult film uh, about campers at it's this cabin somewhere there somewhere. And then this slasher killer guy named Madman Mars starts murdering people. It's so bad. It's just a bad movie. It wasn't bad. Like sometimes I can watch a bad movie and be entertained, but this yeah. movie just just bad. It's just all the way bad. It's just so bad. Uh, I just could not get into it. I was bored the whole time. I, the character was just crazy stupid, and so I just was not feeling that movie. Um, and Brandon, you said you've seen that one before, right? Oh, yes. I've seen it three times. I thought I was missing something. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's just a terrible movie. Terrible. One of the worst slasher films I've ever seen. Um, and then uh, another movie I watched on that platform was Demon Wind. It's a 1990 uh, horror movie about a man investigating his long-dead parents demise and it leads him to a haunted family mansion it's more like a house and and uh and there's demons there it's this is this was a really bad movie too but it was actually very entertaining uh because it's just so there's some stuff that happens in the movie that's just so bad so cheesy i couldn't help but to like it because it was just so like it like they really wanted it to be a good movie it's just such a bad movie um but I loved it. It's called Demon Wind. It's on Shudder. Uh, and the next one that's up for me, and I haven't watched it yet, 
is uh, the the devil in the house inside or something like that, which I haven't watched that one. I don't know what it's about, but that's what I'm trying to do is go through some of the shutter stuff. Yeah. I don't think I've, I've heard of that last one, but I, I don't think I've seen it. Man, I can't wait for you to jump on shutter, Brandon. Cause you know, it's $4 and they have a lot of, it's like, I'm trying to get them to, let's just sponsor us for real. I'm giving them free advertisement here. Uh, but they have a lot of different movies on there. Uh, John Carpenter's The Fog is on there. My Bloody Valentine, Escape from New York, I'm Child's watching, Play. I'm watching the remake Saturday. Of what? The Fog. Oh, and why? <laughs> it's in our pile to get rid of, so I'm going to watch it. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, listen, okay. I, try, I love the fog, the original, the remake with uh, with uh, Smallville. No, I did not like that one. Yeah, uh, saw it once when it came out. I actually didn't hate it when it came out, uh, but at that time, I hadn't seen the original fog either. So, mm. I don't really remember the original fog. I've seen it once, but I don't really recall it. I was half asleep and I watched it. So, but we don't yeah. have the original. I original. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I I want to say that I have it. I have it on VHS. Now I don't believe I have it on DVD uh, or Blu-ray. Unfortunately, I never. It's you know I never moved a lot of my stuff over. Like I never got like Blu-ray or DVD versions of stuff. I have Blu-rays. And I have DVD, like I have multiple copies of Halloween. I don't know why, because I, I guess I am a super fan, but uh, because like I got the special edition and I got the 30th anniversary and stuff like that. So I did that with those films. I had text, I got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like um, one of the anniversaries uh, of that. Um, but I don't have, I don't know, I don't have a lot of John's, John Carpenter's early, other stuff other than Halloween. Unfortunately, I have his uh, Masters of Horror episode, I believe, but no, I'm sorry. I, I have Halloween, uh, the, the thing, uh, the last movie he did, I have, I, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, I don't have a lot of Carpenter either, <laughs> shockingly. Man, but I think I have Vampire. It looks like they have a lot of Carpenter on here. Uh, they have uh, body bags. Um, Never seen it. Uh, they also have, like I said, one of my favorite movies of all time, Train to Busan. They have it on there. They have a really good uh, Jaws ripoff, Human Noise from the Deep, uh, <laughs> which is really, really entertaining. They have Chopping Mall, which... I've seen that. That's great. Did I you like Chopping Mall? I do. Oh, wow. I saw it on Amazon. I love that movie. It's so ridiculous, but I love it. Yeah, it is a ridiculous film. Um, they have uh, Slumber Party Massacre 2, and they have the original Slumber Party Massacre. They have, uh, you know, Sailor Night, Daily Night 1 and 2, I believe. Um, they have a lot of little, a lot of films. The Wailing, they have that movie, which is another South Korean film that's really good. They have it looks like they have VHS 2 and VHS Viral, which I've never seen 
two do I haven't seen viral. Um, I haven't seen any. You haven't seen the first VHS film? No. It was alright. Um, and then it has uh, they have some really bad movies over here too like Hansel and Gretel gets baked. They got brain damage which is, you know they have this one show called Horror Noir a Shutter original where they talk about like the history of blacks and horror movies. It's really good. Tony Todd's in it. A lot of a lot of people's in it. Uh, they have this. Have you seen The Void? Did you see The Void when it came out? Uh, it was on Netflix for the longest. No, I haven't seen The Void. Uh, it was like uh, like where they're stuck in this hospital and there's like this cult and it's a, a demonic thing and the, it's very reminiscent of early John Carpenter. It's like a lot of synthesized scores. It's a really good movie. It's on there. Um, they got Itchy the Killer. I guess that's, I said it right. Um, there's all kind of stuff, man, on this on this on this platform. And, and I'm not just talking just to get it. You know, people hyped up about it or whatever. It's just that if you like horror, I think that this is a really excellent platform uh, for just horror fans. Yeah. You know, I think it's good to have, and it's four dollars a month. Um. Yeah, man, I I I, I dig it. Um, but yeah, and Halloween's on there, but I own them, so it's no no biggie for that. I have all the Halloween movies, so you know. Uh, but yeah, but yeah that's a movie that um. So uh, so coming out so and then we we can end with this coming out this week. Invisible Man, um, this is. Uh, so there was an adaptation of it on Prime. I, I tried to look at the trailer for it. It looked cheesy. I would not watch it. Yeah. It looked so bad. In my opinion, Brandon, in my opinion, there's The Invisible Man, and then there's all, it made some other movies back in the past, right? I'm not really concerned with them. There's yeah. The Invisible Man. Then there's Hollow Man, in my opinion. And then there's this film. Um, I liked Hollow Man, even though it wasn't a it was like, uh, you know, it was like inspired by the Invisible Man, but yeah. this movie right here, clearly, yeah. yeah, this movie looks like it's gonna <laughs> be, uh, you know, I thought it looked bad, but it seems like Stuckman, it seems like Joms, it look, seems like a lot of them are really digging this movie. Oh, you thought it looked bad? Yeah, I thought. Well, I didn't think it looked bad. I thought the trailer gave. gave Gave so much away. That's my biggest problem today with trailers. I think the trailers tell too much of what's going to happen in the movie. Yeah, I was thinking about that with trailers. Uh, uh, you know, their job is to sell a movie. And, you know, I'll t sometimes you have to go overboard. You have to really show everything. But I, I don't know. I've always been interested in the trailer to this movie. I, it probably does give away too much, but you know, as you said, most trailers do. <laughs> yeah, most trailers do. But I, I feel, like, I, I feel like it's you know, it kind of has to in a way. Unlike like a Quiet Place Two, doesn't have to give anything away. All you gotta do is have a black screen Quiet Place Part Two. You don't need anything else. People are gonna flock to that. Mm -hmm. I think for these little horror films, you, you gotta really push what it's about. You know, get people in there. I think what 
Doesn't mean they'll come. I think with uh, like for instance, what you mentioned with uh, Quiet Place, uh, like part two. I think that we've seen the scene of them walking, and then they kick the can, and then like you yeah. see the mo- the mom's face say, "Run!" I think you could quit it right there. Yeah. Show Quiet Place two, and you're like, "Oh shoot, yeah." Yeah, okay, I'm there for that. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't think there's a need to I show think, me a guy pissed in the movie or anything else, you know? Yeah, I've seen too much from the trailers. I don't want to see anything else. I wish they stopped showing them. <laughs> I really do. I've, you don't need to promote that. Like, it's, you know, it doesn't even need to be heavily pushed. People are going to go because the majority loved the first one, so. Mm-hmm. It's like Halloween. When Halloween kills, they start promoting that. They don't have to really give anything away. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing about it is all you got to do with Halloween kills is actually to promote it. What I would do to promote that is uh, show maybe the finishing end scenes from the last movie with the house burning and him looking up and them leaving the house. And then you just, and then you just hear uh, his breathing, and then maybe you hear like him banging on something, you know, a banging, banging, banging yeah. noise, and it's all black, but you hear it, and you hear the fire, you hear him banging on something. Now all of a sudden you hear it pop open, and you can hear outside the dogs, like a dog in the distance barking and things like that, you know, and you just know that he made it at the house. And then you can hear yeah. Lori say, oh, it's not over. Something like that. And then Halloween kills, you know what I'm saying? Without even showing yeah. anything in the movie. And that gets me to be like, oh, I, I want to see that. I want to see that. You know, but they're going to probably get... Yeah, for me, you know, go ahead. all you got to do is show the title. That's it. Black screen title, I'm there. I, I don't need much, you know, to get me there. Uh, but you know, they gotta get. They try to get everybody there, so they, you know they gotta promote it. But um, I just, I think with a property like Halloween, you really don't have to do much. Why do you feel like? Why do you feel like they do that though? Why do you feel like that though? Do you feel that? Why do you feel that they have the problem with uh, promoting? Uh, like like in in movies, and this is a, a talk that I'm glad we're talking about. This is just going to be bonus content at this point. <laughs> but what what's your thoughts on trailers and the state of trailers and why they feel like they need to show so much? Like with uh, and I'm going to give an example of a trailer that I thought that uh, did well. Uh, so far, two trailers I think that are doing well, and I don't need to see anything else. And I'm still wanting to see this movie, these movies, Antebellum and Tenet. Those two movies, I, I've seen the both trailers several times, and I can't tell you what the movie's about, <laughs> really. And I still want to see the movies. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that the reason they show a whole lot is because they're unsure of, you know, I think it's, they don't really know the audience. They, you know, they, I feel like they don't know their audience, really. I think that's why they show so much. Like, Fast and Furious showed way too much what was going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. You know, that's a good point. That's a big action franchise and doesn't need to show all that much. 
I just feel like they don't know their audience sometimes. I agree. Hey, I'm glad you brought that up. I was, when I was sitting there talking about a movie that the trailers have done a good job without showing so much, I was trying to think of a trailer yeah. of a movie that showed too much, and that's, you hit it right on the head right there, man. Fast and Furious, the new one. They show critical things that, for me as an audience goer, I would have been more impressed to see if I had not seen it in the trailer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I, we're going to go ahead and throw it out there. Hans return. I would have been more impressed to see Hans return if I didn't see it in the trailer. In Wonder Woman, I would have been more impressed to see uh, that one dude return if I hadn't seen it in the trailer. Just I think that they show way too much. Um, and uh, there's another example of that. Uh, Terminator, uh, Dark Fate. I think that I think you know Arnie's going to be in it. But I think that it would be cool yeah. if you if in the whole trailer they cut it where you don't see that Arnold is going to be in it. Well, another thing they did wrong with Terminator is they gave away that John was dead. Mm. <laughs> I mean, there was no other reason for her to say, I'm going to kill you when this is over. So, yeah. You were right about that. Yeah, you were right about that. They, uh, they shouldn't have showed Arnold. You knew he was going to be there. I mean, it's Arnold. <laughs> He wouldn't miss a Terminator film. Uh, but, you know, yeah, they show, I don't know. But for that film, I feel like they felt like they had to show pretty much the whole movie just to get people to give it a chance. But that's a damaged franchise as well. So, I mean, hmm. but then you got Fast and Furious is not damaged. It makes pretty much a billion dollars every time they make a movie. You would think they would know their audience is going to show up. Yeah. I don't know. It's just studios are weird. I think that they, uh, they have the tendency to, yeah, like you, like they, they're like, okay, let's throw this in there and let's throw this out there. Let's throw this, you know, to let us know that, oh, well, this is what we're seeing, you know, so the audience will be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see that. Um, and then like when you, but when you give away just certain things, like, I know there was trailers. There's been trailers in the past that literally give away the whole movie, tell you exactly what happens. Yeah. I felt the same way about Invisible Man, just the trailer. I haven't seen the movie yet, but when she's like, oh, there you are, and then she lashes at him or stuff like that, you know, out, you know, or you see him, you see the cop shooting us up in the leg and stuff like that. I think that I, w- yeah. I would love to see, I would love to have thought that everything is in her head. You know, and then you come to realize, no, he really, it really is an invisible man out there messing with her. You know, I think that that would make make it a little bit more uh, epic for me versus, you know, you let me know, oh, she's not crazy. He really is there. You know, it kind of is detrimental. I get what you're saying, but it's called the Invisible Man. <laughs> I feel people want to see him at least once in the trailer. I think I think it's a problem with Candyman with some people that you really didn't get to really see him. You heard him, but you didn't really get to see him. I loved it, by the way, but uh, that you don't get to see him. You know, in his full form. Yeah, I love it. You know, like see a hand or a hook or shadow, but uh, I don't know. I think the audience has changed too, though. They want they want to see everything. Mm, that's true. So the audience is now adapted to. We live in a spoiler society where people want to be spoiled on stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's true. They do. I mean, I'm old school, I guess, because I really don't. I don't like spoilers. It's hard for me to. Like, I was watching. Uh, let me tell you. So I was watching this week uh, on YouTube Joe Blow uh, movies. They were talking about. Uh, they're doing the 2017 Mummy movie with with um, you know Tom Cruise. Talking about that movie, they call yeah. they call awfully good movies, or you know something like that. Is what they call it. And I'm thinking, oh, so they kind of talk about. I guess they're going to talk about how they like that movie. But what they did is, while I was watching it, I got so mad because uh, while I was watching it, just they threw a real quick clip, an exclusive clip of the new Invisible Man movie, right there. But they didn't give you warning. It's just like they just threw it in there. They're like. And uh, just to uh, quench your power, here's a real quick clip from the uh, exec- exclusive clip from the next, the new uh, Invisible Man movie. But they didn't, it would have been different if they said that, gave you a time to go ahead and stop it before you see it. But they didn't. They just they just yeah. went straight into the clip and then seen it. So, so when I was looking at it and I seen it, I'm thinking, it took me a moment to kind of see, think of what I'm seeing. And I seen it and I'm like, oh man. And I felt really mad because I'm like, why did they? I don't. I don't want. I didn't want to see nothing about that movie like that. I don't want to see that. You know, I'm okay with you showing me clips from the trailer because I've seen the trailer. But when you show me something that I haven't seen, it it bothers me, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that though. Uh, but uh, I look forward to the movie though. I think it, I think it's really gonna be good. Yeah, but uh, I do think so. it is from the writer of the original Saul. So he's a good writer too. He's a good horror writer. He worked with James Wan a lot. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it a chance. I'm gonna watch it. I hope that's really good. I I'm not. I want us to have really good horror because I love the I love the I love the genre of horror films. You know, it's just um, I don't want to yeah. see. You know, I don't want to see them go away, uh, or they won't go away, because uh, the fan base is so heavy for it. But you know, there's people out there that, you know, I don't know. Just I don't want I don't want them to start making really bad ones because horror became it used to be kind of taboo that you like horror movies. People used to like, oh, you're weird. Like I remember watching um, uh, what was it uh, summer school? I think it's the name of the movie, Summer School or something like that, uh, where uh, the teacher stays back to teach a group of uh, students uh, for the summer. And um, two of the kids in the, in the classroom were huge horror fans and uh, and would show and showed clip from Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the in the um, in the um, classroom. And so and they were looked at as strange, like, oh, these guys like horror, you know. Yeah. And so that's what used to be the people's take on people that like horror. Oh, you're you're a weirdo that like horror. But now it's okay to be a horror fan, you know. And so I don't want it to go to a point where horror is now looked at as like uh, a weak genre. Like like you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm sort of saying. I, I I do think it will always be looked down on. Uh, but you have people that are trying to change that, like make it like legit films with the guy that did Midsummer and Hereditary, Jordan Peele, 
they're trying to change the perception of what could be a horror mm-hmm. film. So, uh, so I mean, but ultimately, I mean, I know that that those type of films have their audience, but I think people just you know, ultimately love the gore, you know. And I'm not like a big. That's not what I go to see a horror film for is gore, but I think a lot of people do. I think those people are still always going to be around, you mm-hmm. know. I think that, uh, and then we'll end on this, but uh, I think that the, uh, I think there is a, a lot of people that do like gore. And yeah, like you said, I'm not really huge on gore. I like, with, with horror films, I love the, I love scary stuff. I love it to be, I love for a moment to feel scared, you know, or feel, uh, feel, uh, feel yeah. an emotion. Uh, that's how, that's why I like so much of, underwater that's why i like crawl so much uh because it made me feel something they made me feel uh claustrophobic they made me feel uh like where the character was i felt like what they were going through and what and i was thinking what would i do in this situation you know and um and then you know like movies like i don't know the following and things like that you know you got like how would you treat a creature coming after you, but nobody else sees it, but it's just attached to you, you know. So those movies make you think and make me like feel something. That's why I go with the, to horror. Yeah, I, you know, you know, I don't go to be scared or anything, <laughs> uh, but I, I enjoy the fun horror films. Uh, I always have. I think it's. They're entertaining, and uh, those type of films is what you know. I, I mainly like. Or I like all usually, but I, the, the main horror that I really like is the fun aspect mm. to it. Uh, but I get what you're saying, though. The emotion you you want to feel something. Yeah, uh, it's like turning like dramas into horror films. It's like I never thought you could actually do that, pull that off, but I think the guy that did Hereditary and Midsummer pulled it off, even though I'll never watch Midsummer again. But Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard it's hard watch. There's some movies out there that you watch and you're like, Yeah, I've seen it, but I never watch it again. You know? It's and it's not that it's bad movies, it's like, oh, it's a good movie. It's just that it's just so uncomfortable to watch. It's just an uncomfortable movie to watch. Yeah, it was. Um, I'd watch Mother again before I would watch that. And then... mm. but, and Hereditary. I would watch that again. But um, Even though I didn't like Hereditary as much as I did Midsummer, but I would watch it again because I think it's rewatchable. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, uh, all right. Well, I think that this concludes our – unless you have anything else to uh, mention uh, going no. forward. All right. Uh, I think it concludes our um, bonus material for this week. Uh, talking about what we saw this week and what we're going to watch. And then we got into a talk about trailers and the state of what trailers and movies are. Um, I, you know, it's, it's always, I can always talk to Brandon. Uh, like, easily. It's no problem. I can just, we can just sit for hours and talk, and I'll be cool with that. But I know that the audience is probably like, yeah, okay, it's time to end. But um, 
Well, in the meantime and in between time, I'm Aaron Whitlow. Brandon Spivey. And we are the... I'll let you take it this time. All right. Uh, we, are the, go ahead and take it. we are the Markout Movie Podcasters. And we'll see you next week.